little thing he said the last sentence was you've never lived life do we have any failures here today amen all right got about 25 percent failures here today it's pretty good who's here for the first time um you're here just visiting us and maybe you don't normally come here anyone here visiting us today anyone visiting us maybe not first time but you're visiting us today we want to thank you for coming amen we see a couple hands amen praise god <laughs> we want to thank really quick um the churches that came Thank Pastor Leo and Pastor Javi for being here. Let's give them a hand for being here. Amen. I want to share a message with you, and it's titled, and you might listen to this title, and, you've, and you might be like, I don't understand it, and I don't see how that's biblical. And I titled this message, Failure is Always an Option. And I got this because me and a buddy of mine were, he's actually here today. We were riding bike. Uh, I think we rode about 20 miles that day, right, Chris? Yeah. We were just ministering to one another as we were riding bike, and we started talking about quitting and failure and all that good stuff that us Christians talk about. And then he started talking to me about the Mythbusters. You guys ever seen that show, the Mythbusters? And their slogan for their show is, failure is always an option. So I took it from them. I hope I don't get sued or nothing like that. <laughs> Whatever. I hope they don't have it copyrighted. But um, if they do, may God's grace be upon them. But I want to share, coming from that slogan, failure is always an option. And I took it, I borrowed it from the Mythbusters. And I've always been the kind of person that uh, would always preach against that. I'm the one that would say, well, failure is never an option, you know. Failure is never an option. And that's something that I've, I think I've even titled and preached before. But after reading God's word closer, I've come to a place that I would have to disagree and say that failure is always an option, but quitting is never the option. I think I've gotten a little bit older. I'm still young, but a little bit older in the Lord to realize that I'm a failure, so i got to stop preaching that message. So because of that, I'm going to live my life knowing that failure is an option, and that way I take off the heaviness off my back. How many of you want to take off heaviness today? All right, so guess what? Failure is an option. And some of you are like, Yes! And we're gonna you're gonna understand what I mean by this. This message was not meant for you guys that are saying yes. Was not meant to give you an excuse to fail at all. This is not that kind of message. But that today we will realize that in our failures, Christ can bring out some of our greatest achievements, some of our greatest accomplishments. Um, Theodore Roosevelt said this: "The only man who never makes a mistake." is the man who never does anything. That's pretty good. The, the, the only man who never makes a mistake is the man who never does anything. And when it comes to serving the Lord, we need to understand that we can't be scared to fail. And you're here from our other churches, and we got two pastors here, and they could probably preach this message to me better than I could preach it to them. But I'm realizing that I can't, and you can't, and we can't be scared to fail. How many of you could say amen? Not many of you. Amen. Amen. We got one fan. Amen. See, part of living the Christian life, it's, it's being able to take risks. So we know that failure is not an option. Uh, Michael Jordan says this, and I said this one time to our church. I failed over and over, and I like this, and over again in my life. And then he says this, and that is the reason why I succeed. That's a pretty good 
uh, saying there by Michael Jordan. I fail over and over and I failed over and over again. And that's why I find myself successful. And when I look at failure, I realize that failure, it does not mean that it's fatal. Failure is not fatal. He says here, if you've never failed, then you've never lived life. How many of you have failed before? And if you could raise your hand now, a little bit more hands will probably go up because you're feeling a little bit better about the title of the message. So now I'm telling you today that if you failed, that's a good thing because I bet you anything, you could grab this mic and you have a story to tell because of your failure. Amen. Now, My question that I wanted to ask was, is God today bringing something out of you, out of us today as the body of Christ? Is he calling us out to something? Do you feel like God is calling you out? What is he calling out of you? Maybe there's just something different inside and about you, but you fear failure. You say, well, I can't. You saw someone dance, right? And you say, I would love to dance. But you're fearful that you're going to fail. You've seen someone singing up here, and maybe you could sing. You say, I would love to sing for the Lord. But then you say, well, I, I fear failing the Lord because I'm going to mess it up when I sing. Maybe you know God is actually calling you starting right now to truly and really live a sold-out life for Christ. But you, found your, you find yourself saying, I want to serve God. I, I really want to serve God the way that God really wants me to serve him. But I'm scared. I'm fearful. I'm scared that I'm going to fail. Anyone here? And God's saying, listen, failure is not fatal. Failure is just the beginning of what I'm going to show you. I want to share a story, and I, I, I could have talked about Abraham, and I could have talked about David, and I could have talked about Daniel, and I could have talked about Moses, and I could have talked about everyone in the Bible, but I'm going to talk about someone when it comes to failing that no one probably has ever talked about, and it's in Mark chapter 5. I'm going to read verses 21 through 24. I'm not going to talk if you're, you're like Mark 5, you're going to talk about the woman with the flow of blood. Not even her. I'm not going to talk about her. I'm going to read from verses 21 through 24, give you a little bit of description here, and then we'll keep going. It says here, now when Jesus had crossed over again by the boat to the other side, um, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. Verse 22, behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue, he came. Now watch this. His name was Jairus. When he saw Jesus, it says that he fell at Jesus' feet. Verse 23, and he began to beg Jesus passionately, earnestly, and he said, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Jairus runs to Jesus and he says, Jesus, my daughter is dying. And he falls at Jesus' feet. And look what he says next. He says, come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and that she will live. And then Jesus does this. Jesus went with him and then a great multitude followed him and they thronged around him. We see here in verses 21 through verse 24 something. And what we see here, here is a tremendous demonstration of an individual that is in great need. Amen? This person is in need. This person needs help. This person is struggling at this point of their life. And what's his struggle? My youngest daughter is dying in her bed. She's dying. So Lord, come, come. Come now and lay your hands on her so that she may be, what? Healed. 
This man, Jairus, I want you to understand this in, in Mark 5. When I read this, I said, my goodness, this man is taking a chance. Because Jesus' schedule was probably packed. He probably needed to go to the next city. He probably needed to do more healings. What makes this man so special that he's going to stop everything from this awesome um, 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 tour that he's taking to healing people and preaching. And I'm going to stop everything to go to your house and heal your daughter. He's taking a tremendous, tremendous chance. And Jarius was not guaranteed the healing. He could have traveled all this way to meet with Jesus to then find out that Jesus couldn't or maybe he wouldn't even heal or think about healing his daughter. And all the more, he still goes to Jesus' feet and he says, Lord, just come. Just come and touch my daughter so that she can live. She's dying. You know, we read this story, but we never focus on what happens next. Check this out. We read on, and in verse 25, it says that as Jesus was walking, as Jesus was walking, he was with his disciples, and someone grabbed part of his garment. Now check this. He, Jesus feels the power leave him, and he looks at his disciples, and he says this. Who just touched me? I felt power leave me. And all the disciples says, are you crazy? We're all touching you here. About a thousand something people here in front of you. He said, No, 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 someone touched me differently. So watch this, ready? Here's Jarius. Heal my daughter. Hold on. Who just touched me? Everyone's touching you. No, someone touched me different. Jarius, hello, my daughter's dying. Hold on. Who just touched me? Do you see what's going on right now in Matthew in Mark 5? This is happening. Jarius is like, stop interrupting him. My daughter's going to die. If you're, I don't know if you've ever been there. You know, you have a family member that's dying. You just need a, an answer. And, and Jarius is like, no, Jesus, who cares? Who touched you? And Jesus is like, shh, someone touched me, and I need to figure this out. We don't realize this. He was taking a chance, Jarius. And right now, in the middle of his chance, something huge is happening. You want to know what's happening? Jesus was being interrupted from him receiving his healing. That's a big deal. If I was Jairus, I would have gone crazy. I would have punched Peter. Get out. It's my turn. And he didn't do that for some reason. But I believe this interruption with the woman with the flow of blood that takes place in the middle. Of, it's, a, it's an amazing chapter because let me explain to you what happens here in chapter 5. The first five verses talks about Jarius and his problem at home. The next like 10 verses talks about this woman that just touched him and was flowing with blood that could not get healed. And then it goes, oh yeah, by the way, let's go back to Jarius' story. This is what happened at the end of Jarius. It's like it's crazy. There was a huge interruption that happens in the middle of Jarius conversing with Jesus. And I believe that this interruption with this woman, with the flow of blood, happened for this reason right here. Let's read verse 35. It says this in chapter 5, uh, verse 35. It says, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue, Jairus, right? And he said, your daughter's dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? I, I, no, 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 I want you to get this. Ready? I told you guys to not interrupt. And my daughter just died because you fools interrupted my healing. I failed. I failed. 
this is a big deal because he was a leader. So people under him knew he left camp. And he was looking for the savior, for this healer. His wife, trust me, she knew he was out of the house looking for a healer. And they wanted, when he came home, he better come through with someone that was going to heal. If not, wife was not going to be a happy woman to find out that her daughter was going to die. And the family of that daughter. And here he is standing before Jesus at that very moment. And he says, she's dead. She's dead. The woman with the flow of blood, yeah, but my daughter is dead. What must have Jairus gone through at that moment? What are, what are you talking about? This right here. The verse right before, in verse 34, Jesus tells the, the woman with the flow of blood, please listen to this. Daughter, your faith has made you well. And then in verse 35, Darius, your daughter is dead. What? One's alive, one's dead. What? I, I, imagine Jairus right here. In one second, Jesus looks and says, you, you're healed. And the next second, sorry, yours is dead. If I could describe with one word how Jarius felt at this moment, I could truly tell you today it was failure. It was the biggest failure of his life because his daughter just died on him. We look at this story and in man's perspective, Jesus' plan here is a total failure. It didn't work, Jesus. You messed it up. She's dead. But in Jesus' perspective, it's perfect timing. Really? Look at verse 36 with me. As soon as Jesus heard the word that his daughter was dead, he said to Jairus, and can everyone read that together with me? Do not be afraid. Only believe. <laughs> Jairus probably right here feeling like a failure he looks at Jesus and he says, okay, you don't, you, you're telling me right here not to be afraid to only believe. But right now, I want you to answer this question, Jesus. What am I going to tell my wife when I get back home? What am I going to tell my friends? What am I going to tell my family? What am I going to do when I see my daughter dead? And you're telling me to not be afraid and to not be scared, only believe? It's like Jesus was just telling him, just, dude, just relax. Relax, don't fear, only believe, because Jarius' failure, Jarius, I, I can almost see this interaction here. Jarius, your failure is not that your daughter's dead. Your failure would have been if you would have never come to me in the first place. And, and when we look at this story, it's mind-boggling, to me at least, because Jarius is face-to-face -face with death. And I don't think there's anything worse than the death of a, of a parent losing their child. And here's the parent, the worst failure that they could ever face, which is this, my child, I have no hope. They're going to die right before me. The loss and the death of his daughter. But then Christ gives him a challenge. One translation calls it the ultimate challenge. And here it is. The ultimate challenge is this, don't be afraid. Do not fear. Can you answer that second part? Only believe. 
It's almost like it doesn't make sense right now. My daughter just died, and you're telling me to believe. Believe in what? What, what, what do you want me to do, God? It's like, I can't just go home now. And he's telling Jarius right there, you, you feel like a failure. But I'm about to show you a part of me that, would have never, that you would have never seen, that you would have never experienced if you would have never first entered this failure. But for you to see this part of me, you got to enter into this failure. This is, this, is, this is it. Just let me do my work. And I look at my life and I look at our lives and how many years you've been serving God. And today we're celebrating God's goodness for four years. And it's only been just four years. And, and all I can think of is this. There's going to be failures in my life as a Christian, as a pastor, and as a church. How many of you can say amen? There's going to be failures. You don't really say amen too much to that. <laughs> And I realize that in our ministry, there's going to be failures. In your ministry, there's going to be failures. In your life, there's going to be failures. But I've learned that failure, at least for me and for this church, is not an option. Why? Because I've seen failure in the last four years. But with each failure, I've seen parts of Jesus that I would have never seen if it wasn't for those failures. And you know, today I would not change for those, those failures for the world. How about you? Some of those failures brought out the greatest man in me. Some of those failures brought out the greatest man and woman in you. And when we're here standing before an awesome God, and this is a reality message saying this, you're going to fail. It's not an option. But are you going to learn the lesson and are you going to become a greater person through the failure? Get it now? It's not, failure is not an option, so I'm going to continue to sin. No, no. Failure is not an option. Don't stop trying. Don't stop serving. Do it, man. Take a risk. Serve God in ways that you would have never thought you could serve him. Take a risk. And if you fail, who cares? God's going to hold you. Failure is not an option. So here's Jarius. He's probably puzzled, asking himself, what is this rabbi talking about? What is this teacher talking about? Only believe. Don't be scared. What is he talking about? Let's go to verse 38. And let's go to verse 39 in chapter 5 with me. It says this. Then he came to the house of Jarius, the ruler of the synagogue, and he saw the commotion, tumult, all right, commotion there. And everyone was going nuts. And those who wept wailed, meaning cried out loudly. During this time, people were paid to come into the house and cry for the family. It was good. It was, that's what they paid people to do. But let's not focus on that. I'm sure in the midst of those that were getting paid to cry, there were real people there filled with anguish crying out. And here's Jesus walks into a house and everyone's, no! Have you ever been to one of those funerals? No, my daughter died. And they're shaking the casket. That's what's going on here. Everyone's going out. And Jesus is like, oh, my God, what did I get myself into? And I doubt he was saying that. But Jairus was like, you see? You see, Jesus? You see? You see what happened with the woman with the flow of blood? This is what happened right here. And everyone is going crazy. There's a big commotion in the house. And watch this. It says here, he came to the house. And he saw the commotion, and those who wept there, they wept loudly. And then verse 39 says, and when he, came, when he came into the house, he said this. Ready? Why make this huge commotion? Why are you weeping and crying? Watch. This child, it is not, she is not dead, but she is what? Sleeping. This child's not dead, but she's sleeping. Have you ever been to this place? The commotion that failure brings in your life. You ever been there? Anyone ever there? You failed and just... 
I told you you can't serve God. I told you not to trust that church. I told you that pastor's crazy. I told you those Christian friends are nuts. And, and just you hear commotion, commotion. And you just say, I'm just done with God and I'm done with church and I'm done with serving. I'm just going to go back to my normal life. Anyone ever been there? The, co- the commotion of failure, that's what's happening right now. Jesus walks in to the commotion of failure. And he looks at the commotion in the face and he says, what the heck are you guys doing? Stop forming this commotion. Stop crying and weeping. She's not even dead. She's sleeping. The commotion of failure. I've been to that place where, and you've probably been there, where you said, I knew I shouldn't have done this, or I know I shouldn't do this. And there's voices in your head, the voices of those around you, and all you could do is hide. And all you could do is hide just like Elijah hid when he failed, and he hid from Jezebel, and he ran into a cave, and he was scared for his life. You've ever been to that place where all you could do is just run away and say, I I just, I'm a failure, and all this commotion, I just can't do it, man. You've looked at your family member and said, how do you do it? How do you serve God like that? I will never be able to serve God the way you serve God. You probably have a brother, a sister, a mom, a dad that serve God like that, and you're like, I don't know how they do it. And this message is for you today. You want to know how they do it? Because they know their failures. And their success is not in them. It's to come back to Jesus time and time again. So here is something huge. And Jesus is there and... He begins to work on the failure, and watch what he does in verse 40. If you could read it there with me, look what it says. After he just said the child's not dead, but the child is sleeping, verse 40, it says they ridiculed him. They ridiculed who? Yeah, not not the failure. They ridiculed Jesus. You fool. I checked her pulse. She's dead. Trust me, you're a fool. You're dumb, man. She's dead. They started to ridicule him. Let's keep going. But when he had put them all outside, I like that. Everyone say, put them outside. Yeah. When he put them all outside, he took the father, the mother, the child, those that were with him, and he entered to where what? The child was laying. I like this. You know why? Because Jesus wants to deal with the commotion of your failure today. Jesus wants to walk in and says, shh. All the failure, all the commotion, step aside. Everyone that believes, walk in with me. I'm going to create a miracle. And this is the God that you and I serve. When I call, you answer. Yeah, because he's a God that comes in in the middle of your commotion. He pushes all the commotion. Please go outside now because where God is, commotion needs to shut up. So here's all the commotion. Here's Christ. Go outside. Commotion shuts up. And the believers are inside with Jesus. What's going to happen now? And Jesus says, I'm going to happen now. Just watch what happens. Don't worry about it. I said earlier that our failure is not fatal. And today we know that Jesus today is reminding us of just this. He takes a hold of our commotion. The commotion that reminds us of our failure. And maybe it's the laughing, the ridiculers, the mockers. And the scripture says he puts them all away. And I read that and I say, thank you, Jesus. Because I've seen that in my own life. Lord, put them away. Lord, put this situation away. How many of you have ever been there with anything in your life? At your job, family, friends, ministry. Put it away. So we come back, and this is why it needed to be put away. And watch verse 41 and 42, and I'm almost done now. It says, then he took the child by the hand. 
And he said, little girl, I say to you, arise. Verse 42, it says, immediately the girl arose and she walked. For she was 12 years old. And they were all overcome with great amazement. I love this. Jarius, you feel like a failure. You feel like, man, I didn't make it. She's dead already. What are you going to do? What are you going to tell all the mockers? What are you going to tell all your family, all your friends? What are you going to tell your very own wife? Jarius, it's too late. It's too late, but Jesus does away with everything. He touches the little girl by the hand, and he tells the little girl this. Ready? I say to you, arise. At this very moment, Jesus touches an unclean person. According to the laws, it makes Jesus unclean. And Jesus is standing before the family. And before the family, this makes Jesus touching this woman, this girl of 12 years old, it makes him right there at that exact point ceremonially unclean. Do you understand that? Now, what do you mean by this? I'm going to preach the gospel to you right now. It means this. Here he is, touching what is unclean. Again, Jesus overcomes this uncleanness. And by becoming dirty, by becoming dirty to make that which is dirty clean again. And he shows us that again later on at the cross. I take what is unclean so that which is unclean could be made clean. The gospel message is being preached in this little girl's room. He touches what is unclean and he takes on the uncleanness so that that girl could be clean again and that she could rise up again. Jesus displays the gospel right here. She's lying dead in front of her mom and her dad and all her family members and he says to her, you feel like a failure to the family. And he says to us today, but I take your failure, I take it up. I do away with it so that you can see me in a way that you would have never seen me prior to that failure. If Jesus would have just said, go home, she's healed, it would not have been the same impact. But because the girl died and they experienced failure, and when he came in and succeeded over failure, it made that achievement a whole lot greater. It gave God a whole lot more glory. So when you look at your failure, it's not fatal. It's not the end. It's God saying, now I'm going to glorify myself. And when you hear God tell you that, you're in good hands. And that is why when a filthy, dirty, unclean failure of a sinner makes contact with a pure, holy, and perfect Jesus, he is never the same again because he realizes that Christ has shown grace in failure by taking our failure in order to show that he has and will never fail us. That's the true grace message. Scratch all the other grace messages away. I show you grace in your failure by taking your failure to show you that I have never and I never will fail you. Thank you for your grace. Failure is always an option because we see in our failures 
that Christ will use them to demonstrate his faithfulness and transform our sinfulness into his righteousness. How many of you could say amen to that? Failure is always an option because we see that in our failures, Christ will use them to demonstrate his faithfulness and transform our sinfulness into his righteousness. I want to end with this quote from a book called Mere Christianity. Awesome book. If you've never read it, read it. It's from C.S. Lewis. Listen to this. Now we cannot discover our failure to keep God's law except by trying our very hardest and then failing. Unless we really try whatever we say, there will always be in the back of our minds the idea that if we try harder next time and we shall succeed in being completely good. Thus, in one sense, the road back to God, listen to what he says, is a road of moral effort, of trying harder and harder. But in another sense, it is not trying that is ever going to bring us home. All this trying leads up to the vital, mo vital moment at which you turn to God, and watch this just like Jarius, and say, you must do this because I can't. A statement like this can only be reached by failure. Lord, you do this because I can. So today, my last little encouragement to you is this. Like Jarius, take a risk. Take a chance. Find your way to Jesus. Fall at his feet. Cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, just come back home with me. What is there? What are you scared of? Failure. Today, it's an option for you. Take a chance. I'm almost sure that you're going to find him. And maybe today you feel like a failure and you needed this message. And God says, good, I wanted you to feel like a failure because today I'm going to succeed over your failure. I'm going to ask you guys to stand as we get ready to close off. Thank you, Jesus, for an encouraging word that we realize today that I could take a chance today, that I could live my life today realizing, Lord, I failed you, and Lord, maybe I'm going to fail you again. But it's not the end. It's not fatal. And today I believe that in my failure, you will Give me the grace to succeed over it. Just like Jarius, Lord, here I am, Lord. Look at my failure that's awaiting me. Lord, I'm taking a chance on you. Can you please come? And God just says, hey, relax. What are you fearing? Stop fearing. Only believe. Today, if that word was for you, do not fear. Only believe. If that's you right there, every eye closed, I want you to raise your hand and say, that's me, man. I need you, Jesus. Amen. 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 You could put your hands down. 
Many of your hands came up. And nothing in my hands or anyone's hands that could lay hands on you can do anything for you today. This is what I want you to do right now. I want you to say, Lord, I thank you for this time tonight. Because I could have been anywhere else tonight, but you had a word specifically for me. You raised your hand today because maybe there's been times, or maybe right now, you feel like a failure. And you raised your hand just a moment ago. Well, the Lord says, good. I never said following me was going to make you perfect. You're going to fail at times. It's just an option that comes with serving me. It's going to happen. But that failure, I'm going to take it up for you. And today he tells you, that's what I did on the cross for you. I took it up. I took your failure on that cross. So that that failure does not define you. Maybe you've been here tonight and that failure for years has been defining you and defining you. Today the Lord says, it's done. It no longer defines you. I give you grace. So that now you could take on my righteousness. My holiness. Take on my love. If you raise your hand today. Guys, if you're saved and you're perfect and all that stuff, I want you to help out the people that are not. Let's pray together to encourage them. And I want you, if you raised your hand, to pray this prayer and believe it in your heart. And if you don't go to a church, man, we're going to have these doors open for you tomorrow at 10. Get in here. Get in here at 10 and hear more of the word. And say, I need you, God. I'm a failure and I realize that I need you. And I thank you, Lord, because here we are. We're, We're just celebrating four good years, man. In these four years, we've had great successes and some good failures, not going to lie. But man, were those failures worth it because we got to see a piece of you that we would have never seen before. And today, know that, God, I'm going to pray this prayer because I'm going to see a piece of you that I have never seen before. Can't wait, oh God. I want to stand on the rock. Let your glory pass by me. Let me do it. I failed, God. You could just hear Moses' voice. I struck the rock. I'm sorry, God. I threw the commandments on the floor. I'm sorry, God. I failed you time and time again. But I'm going to stand on this rock. Let your glory fall. Let your glory come before me so that I could see you today in a way that I've never seen you because of my failure. And God says, yes. Yes, finally. Here's my glory. Here's a piece of me that you've never seen. Because you're giving me your failure today. Jarius saw a piece of God in the incarnate Jesus. All because there was a huge little right there, that moment in his life when he was the biggest failure. And Christ said, commotion, get out. Jarius, watch this. Here's a piece of me that you've never seen. You know why I know that? Because the Bible says in the next verse that everyone was shocked in amazement. Lord, shock us tonight. How many of you could say that, shock us? Lord, shock this ministry and shock your people. Repeat this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for the failure in my life. It's not made to allow me to keep sinning. 
but to draw me to you. I thank you today for taking my failure so that I may see your righteousness, so that I may see your goodness. So Lord, here I am, a failure, standing before a perfect God. Let me see a piece of you that I've never seen. Transform me tonight. Transform my heart. Transform my mind. Transform my service unto you. Forgive me of all my sins, of all my failures. Here I am. Come to me. In Jesus' name. And together we say, Amen.